one sounds like. Hey, it's time for Dr. Lisa Gives a Shit. And I'm Dr. Lisa. How's it going out there? You know what the hearings are on right now? Those live, t- the third the third hearings where they're going to show you how Mike Pence just missed being lynched by the skin of his teeth. And then, like, we could debate whether that was good or not so good. I don't know. But it's crazy. I can't believe this fucking planet. How do we get here? Well, one thing I can tell you is thank God for Radio Free Brooklyn because we're going to make it all better. We are here to make it all better. And all you have to do is donate a little bit of money and everything's going to be fine. I promise you. So go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.org slash donate. Um, and uh, also, while you're there, you know, you can check us out. We have every kind of talk, music, comedy, sports, politics, you know, you Really, and we do a lot of community, good stuff for the community. It's really worth donating and getting involved. Uh, I also need to tell you about Men's Health Month, which I think Men's Health Month is kind of like an oxymoron, isn't it? Because well, all we do is complain how how men get all the the bulk of health care. But nevertheless, men are men do have health, and there are men that really, you know, not all men can afford good health care. So since it's men's screening, cancer screening uh, for Men's Health Month, so I want you to go to, uh, let's see, you can get free uh, cancer screening, okay? So what you do is you contact the CSP Cancer Services Program of Brooklyn at 718 Eight seven zero eight. That's seven one eight two five zero eight seven zero eight for men in Kings County, age forty five and older, without insurance. So you should really, especially colorectal cancer, you know, butt cancer. That stuff's nasty. Make sure you don't get it. Okay, so just go there, get checked. It's free. It, it, you know, it, it can't be bad. You got to do this. Okay, so guess who's on today? I have a repeat, and I said, and I'm going to repeat that a repeat uh, uh, guest, uh, comedian Jake Flores. Um, I had Jake on like a long, long time ago when I was first starting this podcast. Um, I listened to it, and I have to pop. Jake, what did you walk away from the podcast like the first time thinking, "What an asshole"? No, no, not at all. <laughs> I really sounded like I knew what I was talking about. We talked about like your family and your background, and I was like a little heavy on the opinions about like and your uh, your bipolar. Your bipolar. Yeah. How's the bipolar going? Um, I don't know if I uh, if I think that's the diagnosis anymore. Really? To be with you, yeah. What do you think it is now? Well, I kind of like. I read a lot and I think that um, I guess my big brain theory about this is that all like all diagnoses are just ways of kind of explaining and containing symptoms of just a larger kind of traumatic base problem that like everyone has. I read this book called The Body Keeps the Score recently. It's about PTSD. I've heard of it. 
Yeah, um, and it, it it kind of poses this theory that like PTSD is this underlying like wound that you have that then you know depending on how it it expresses itself, you can get it diagnosed as oh this you know this turned into bipolar or ADD or, or whatever the you know hell. And uh, I I don't know I got I, I diagnosed with cyclothamia at one point, which mm-hmm. is like a version of bipolar. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's I don't know I don't believe it or disbelieve it but i just kind of re- so you thinking. so you've changed your opinion that's so interesting uh that that makes good sense and then we were talking about drinking drinking still drinking yeah pretty good hung, good pretty, pretty like hung over today i have that's not that's good i am a little bit too so we're in the same boat on that that's i have good. not been uh, observing men's mm-hmm. health month oh uh, really you could get your ass green well you're not over 45 so maybe not <laughs> You could probably get somebody to do that just for the hell of it, though. I got. It. I think I got it screened recently. Um, you know, un, un, uh, officially. Unofficially, <laughs> good, good. As long as somebody's looking out for it, you know, you just need. So, um, here's what here's what I want to tell tell you guys, you people, you people out there, if you're uh, listen, if you're if you're listen, who's listening? So here's why I like Jake. Okay, Jake is really smart and really funny and not full of shit like no like gimmicks just like truth and uh like not you know he's just like he's just authentic or real and uh those are the kind of people that i i respond to is that okay jake and he's also really (laughs) he's really popular he's really your career is really since you were on last i think your career is your career sounds like it's going really well like you just came off a tour with a band and shit like tell us like what Tell us about like your pod. Brag a little bit about your career. Go on, come on. <laughs> I got to convince these people. Sure, sure. You yeah. tell them. I you know better than I too. do. I have to do it every time I get on stage. No, no, you're 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 great. Um, yeah, no. I think the last time we talked was a long time. It ago. It was a long, long time ago. I've lived in the uh, in this area for like nine years, mm-hmm. and like I think when I was first kind of getting my feet on the ground mm-hmm. in New York, uh, mm-hmm. you were somebody who I worked with came on and did this show Mm -hmm. and since then things have oddly worked out and i like i don't i authentic is a good word and i don't even mean that like as a compliment really because like it's a it's a value that i don't think people my age hold as much as i do it's often considered to be more of a gen x value Mm -hmm. the idea of personal authenticity Mm -hmm. millennials and zoomers are kind of more into like that doesn't matter Mm -hmm. politics matters and like i do i think the personal is kind of political so i i it's in my nature to kind of try to be the authentic right yeah so for that reason i didn't think my career would work out and i never like i didn't have big plans for this i kind of came into this knowing i'm doing something kind of weird i'm a comic i don't think like other comics so you know i'm gonna do it and see what happens but it's probably gonna wind down and i always figured i'd I'd have to get a straight job and go back Mm -hmm. to college and all this other stuff i was right this is the point i was (laughs) right i picked i picked a winner you know who else was on the show around that time was uh julio torres oh yeah he's like a multimillionaire now yeah i love that about comedy well i love and hate this about comedy depending on the person Uh but i you know i knew all these people when they were nobody and then you see sometimes you see somebody on tv and you're like oh good for them or you see somebody on tv and you're like Mm -hmm. "Ah," you know (laughs) like shake your fist he's got a great fashion sense i think that um julio i think that helped helped him he's also really i mean he's whatever he's so funny but i'm glad he's famous i'm glad he's famous and i i i really like when i saw you i thought 
this guy's going to make it. And I was right. <laughs> I, it's because you were on my show, let's put it that way, because of all the attention you got being on my radio show, right? That's probably what happened, yeah. <laughs> I think so. But you just came back from a long tour, and you were he was saying that you're going to... Uh, you're going to... Um, you, are you going to release some of the recordings and stuff like that? Or Yeah, I recorded the set we did in New York City here at La Poisson Rouge in oh, the nice Lower East place. Side. Yeah. And um, I haven't looked at it yet because I, um, I, I don't put out a lot of my own recordings and stuff because I just think comedy is better like live mm. and i always i have the thing where i don't like listening to my own voice and stuff it makes me kind of cringe so like it's gonna be a process when i'm sitting down and editing this thing but yeah i'm gonna put it out in some in some regard because i have very I, my career has been taking off and the yeah. thing that everyone that i work with complains about is like oh you don't have any material online like when we I promote agree. i agree i look today too no i have nothing i don't put anything up because i uh i don't like that part of the job but i'm starting to realize that if you actually have stuff going on you kind of have to so yeah i'll probably put some stuff yeah. I, from that set i think i'll put online oh good okay we'll look forward to that you need you need to do that can i say this that's dr lisa you need to do that for your career yeah well and I, you know and you're working really hard he does four like podcasts episodes a week this is crazy well i also i recorded two albums you know and i that's how i like to put material out but um they recently were taken down off of spotify why did you say bad words uh no you're allowed to say that bad words on spotify right. well i said bad words in the sense of the meanings of them were maybe critical of spotify that might be what happened but uh, I think, did you say shit about spotify well during this thing that happened recently where a lot of artists were boycotting and taking mm. their stuff down over the in protest over right. the way that they pay people which is mm -hmm. not well mm -hmm. um they mysteriously took down a lot of comedians and i don't know uh I'm not uh, even, so are other comedians talking about it too? Yeah, a lot of people like Kyle Canadian, who's like hella yeah, famous, I know who got that is. taken down and like he's it's a huge deal. So no one knows exactly why not no one knows. I don't know um exactly what happened there because I talked to I'm I recorded with a record label and they told me that like I think their stuff got blanket uh, banned. Oh yeah, so. that could be it. That could be it. you got caught in the Well, that's terrible. <laughs> screw them. Screw screw, screw yeah. Um <laughs> I better watch it. I need all the help I can get. I mean, so anyway, uh, but so what I want to talk about today um, is uh, so I wanted to hear a little bit about like what you think about the state of comedy, because like I said, you're smart and I've heard a lot of grumble. I've heard some grumblings. I heard Mark Marin for one, saying, you know, that com young comedians are uh, too uh, whiny about woke culture and all that crap. I and then Marin. I also want to, yeah, I, I have a love-hate thing with him. I think he's <laughs> shitty to chicks. I yeah, do. He's sure. shitty. He's a, he's a misogynist. But, you know, I kind of like, you know, I I don't know. He's, he, he's, he, he, he's good at it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh and subtle he really is good at manipulating women because he's so good with them um but uh you know he knows how to talk to them um but the thing is is that um i also wanted to talk to you about um that i just found out that you uh are non-monogamous and i want to hear <laughs> and you said you would talk about that so i think we should save the bulk of the time for that but um also how's your brother he had uh, i remember i remember he had um uh he he was on the spectrum yeah how's he doing well, he, he moved out with the, he moved out and then he moved back in is he living with your parents <laughs> still 
He's still on the spectrum. That's how that works, I think. Um, he no, he moved back. Yeah, he lives with my folks still, but he's doing pretty well. I mean, I go down there and I see them, you know, a couple times a year every time I swing through that part Texas. of the country. Yeah, and he's not unhappy. He's okay. Yeah, I think he's doing pretty good. All he's, right, good. Will you say hi for me? And then I ask about him. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Good, good. So what do you think about um, comedy since, like, uh, the last century? When, no, we talked in 2015, I believe. Maybe it was right when I was starting out, 2015, 16, something like that. So where, 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 where's comedy now? I thought comedy was doing pretty well in those days. There was a lot of weird, interesting shit. So what, what, what about right now? Um, <laughs> I, if you're asking me, my opinion is it's pretty bad. Like I, what? Like what? In what way? Go ahead. Sorry, I interrupt you asking to go ahead. Oh, it's all quite all right. Um, I mean, honestly, I think the pandemic did a lot to damage it. Like, mm. you know, what the original wave of the pandemic, like 2020, when lockdown was happening, um, you know, a lot of people I know in comedy who were doing it for authentic reasons of just enjoying it then had a break from it and decided, uh, well, A, because it is kind of bad for you it's kind of a, an addiction in a lot of ways even when it's going well um mm. a lot of people took a step away from it and quit mm. and people who were able to see that are smart and so the people who didn't see that oh. are more addictive types oh. and they kept going and then interesting a lot of the you know uh, the good comedy in my opinion happens i mean it happens a lot of different places but like good people perform in alt rooms and people that performing clubs are often doing so because uh they're able to rationalize working with extremely right-wing club owners people that protect sexual assaulters and and stuff like that everyone everyone i know in this business that gets ahead turns a blind eye constantly and they all know about all this mm, horrible stuff that happens mm, in, in the, the mm, small community of venues mm, that advance your career but the decision is well do you say something and lose your footing your your position or do you just you know go i all gotta get ahead and that's what happens so because the material economy of comedy crashed the only people mm. that were able to continue doing it and continue being in positions of control and power were people who were willing to turn a blind eye to mm. a lot of this bullshit that happens in the industry. So it got worse and it was already bad, but like it's, it's the only people that hung on to the thing as it shirked everyone were people who will put up with bullshit, you know? You know, that's so interesting. I think that's what Marin was talking about too, that it's gotten really right wing. And, um, you know, that is, that is, that is really, that is why, okay, I've got a couple of questions, but why do you think doing comedy is an addiction and like people, people have their shit together? Get it. What, what, can you explain that a little, talk a little bit about that? Yeah. I mean, um, I love doing comedy, but I have no, uh, delusions about it being healthy. Like it has all these occupational hazards that go with it. There are a lot of sober comedians and it's, you know, for a couple of reasons, one of them is because you get paid in booze and eventually if you're doing that you're not even having fun drinking so you're drinking in this functional way and eventually you might that just turn into a problem that is not even fun so you just mm -hmm. to sh you just mm -hmm. you just to continue doing com like a lot of people quit drinking so they can continue doing comedy mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. i mean the, the other thing that happens is there's a lot of people who like do this thing where they replace the addiction with 
the addiction to comedy. Like, you know how people get addicted oh, to AA? Oh, yeah. The social aspect of yeah. it. I mean, there's people who, you know, the, the pandemic was good for this because it, 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 a lot of people would never have thought about, oh, why do I do this thing constantly every week, even though it doesn't really pay any money, you know? And then a, a lot of people quit because, the, like, I think it, it, it gave them a moment of clarity. What, when you had to, you were forced to stop for a couple months or whatever? You know, that's, oh, I don't mean to inter- I don't want to. No, go ahead. No, I was just, it would just really struck me because um, during the pandemic, I actually started doing comedy. I've taken a run at it other times, but um, I was like, I'm done. So I started doing two open mics a week. Uh-huh. And I did it for like almost a year. Um, and, um, you know, I wasn't even trying to get book shows. I was just trying to really write. You know, writing's part of like all the crap part of whatever it is that I make or do yeah. anyway. And so I just wanted to write and, um, you know, have the experience. I like, you know, I expand my, you know, get to, I think it's great to, uh, a great way to become better at performing in general. It's a great discipline. It's a huge discipline. It's a hard, very, very hard, and it's a huge discipline. But I did get a bit disillusioned about what it would take to actually do like what you're what you're doing now. Yeah. Um, and I think you're much more natural at it, like way more natural at it. But um, the idea of going out every night to bars and staying out late, and I don't like doing that and um you get five minutes and like even the open mics which i actually thought were kind of fun it's an hour and a half and you get five minutes on stage right is that and so it's just this huge amount of time that you're out doing the comedy thing yeah i mean i'm uh thank you if you say i'm natural on stage i'm natural now i've been doing comedy for 15 years yeah, or something yeah. like that, you right? started when you were 19. I was not good when I was young, and it's no. a skill that I built. But, like, yeah, the thing for is, sure. like, um, it, it is fun. Open mics are fun, especially when you first started doing them. But I always think back, and I remember, like, when I first started, you know, how the thought changed from, oh, maybe I'll do this, to doing it, getting the thrill and the rush of it, continuing to do it, going every week, not being good at it, but could thinking yeah, you killed fun. and stuff or just the experience yeah i mean it's like you know it starts off and it's like karaoke it's just a goof you know and then what well, the problem is it's because it is related intrinsically to a career path that is material in a lot of ways like what happens is you know you you quickly and i the thing is that i think about this a lot because i like I used to tend bar at a, at a place that did an open mic and I would see new people and I would go, Oh, you're going, you're doing all the thoughts that I had when I was younger. And I would see like, mm-hmm. you know, in the, yeah. it, you see it and you're kind of embarrassed for them. Cause you're like, you're making all these mistakes that I made, but like you immediately go from uh, just doing this thing for fun to getting booked on shows, getting spots. Well, yeah. <laughs> and then there's this hierarchical nature to yeah. it where like comedy clubs have like um, guest spots, hosts, features headliners so you start thinking of yourself as oh i'm at guest spot level or i'm at host Mm -hmm. level Mm -hmm. and that other person's at feature level and stuff like that and all this stuff this is a cult like this is cult thinking this Mm -hmm. is how like scientology works where you're like oh that person has a hundred thetans and i have 50 or whatever and that's because you're you're getting like you're kind of love bombing yourself in a weird way where you're like manipulating your own emotions through the thing like 
it organically forms into this thing that has a lot of really bad outcomes. And what's crazy about it is that, like, there isn't that much money in comedy. No, there's no money in <laughs> so, like, No, not to get to, like, a certain level. I mean, I know you're making a, a living, which is amazing for anybody, but, like, that's even to get to that level, I know that you were, you know, uh, you were not, you were working in a restaurant when I, like, a long time ago. But, but I was going to say the thing about it that really makes me insane is um, I realize that in order to get to like anywhere, you have to tolerate a whole bunch of nights where you're going to be spending your whole night doing comedy for like five people. Is that is that correct? Yeah. I mean, basically you do. It, it's like <laughs> comedy is, is very like um I don't know what's the word. It's like stratified and how good it is or whatever. That's not the word. It, it, it's it's a lot of miserable experiences like that, but you do them because if you keep doing it and you keep working at it, even even just as a statistical random thing, eventually you're going to have a show that is so good that it makes up for everything, and everyone's chasing that dragon, you know? Right, right, right. And but um, what it does actually is it makes me have huge respect for people that do it because the discipline drive. I mean, it's an incredible discipline. It's much more of a discipline, say, than like, uh, well, a lot of other creative ventures, and um. So I have a lot, a lot of respect, but I also feel like the uh, desire to do it has to be like so primary. Yeah. You know, so, um, so that's interesting. Are there any rooms that you can recommend right now that are good? I mean, I always love Cobra Club on Friday nights. Oh, Cobra Club on Friday nights is my favorite show yeah, in the world. Yeah, 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 yeah. Eric Bergstrom, love him, and John F. O'Donnell, um, and then Mika Fox. They're all they're all like that. Those guys are consistently great. But uh, besides that, is there anything else? What am I missing? Where should I go? Um, I'm not really sure because everything changed so much. And the thing is, I don't have a home club because I do DIY. Like I just book everything yeah. kind of randomly. Tiny cupboard. Yeah, I mean, tiny cupboard is like you can see some good shows there, but like I won't vouch for a venue like that because they were doing things like during the pandemic, someone was booking shows there, not even living in New York, charging money and then not paying the comics. So really, you know, oh, I'm sorry to hear that. I mean, the owners are great. The owners are great, but I don't know them. I just know stuff yeah. like that. And I mean, Matt like Amy, I, yeah. in nature, comedy clubs are just exploitive like that. So I won't really, I can't recommend any of them. Pine, you know? Pine box has been doing a lot of comedy. Yeah. Well, see the thing is, alt comedy that happens in like bars and stuff like that it doesn't have that exploitive nature to it it's just a symbiotic thing where you just get to do this thing in the back of the bar so like pine box is cool there's a lot yeah, of good shows there cool. yeah very um, cool but i haven't i i've been running a show at the gutter which has been you know they haven't they've been pretty good to us i know they have another really popular show there called comics you should know which is like one of the best shows in the city so if you want to oh, stand okay, up that's a good one definitely mm-hmm. check that out and uh shaq stanley has uh lover on love that bar lover on friday on uh, sunday nights do you know him sure. yeah yeah he's cool he's a good guy is it easy lover up easy on, lover yeah, you're right easy yeah. lover used to oh, be a legion yeah 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 so okay uh there we got some tips tips for you guys um if you haven't like gone out and seen comedy and you want to see something good that you're not going to see advertised right you know like in uh 
you know, you know, club comedy, whatever. There's definitely like a really big distinction right now between club comedy and alt comedy, right? Yeah, I mean, alt comedy I think is just better because it just what happened with clubs recently is that as the economy tightened and like as this sort of culture war waged, um, they became. I mean, you can see a lot of great comics if you just go to something like The Cellar, but like what sells real hard there is this stupid anti-woke stuff that Mar- oh, Mary really? was talking about. Yeah. And like, um, I, I, I did the Comedy Cellar's radio show at one mm. point, or their mm-hmm. podcast. It was after I got raided by uh, Homeland Security, and mm-hmm. they reached out to me. Mm-hmm. They found me, and they were like, mm-hmm. hey, come on this show, mm-hmm. and I naively thought oh a comedy club wants to hear the story that i'm talking about right about where i'm critical of ice and homeland security and i showed up and it was just three republicans screaming at me about how uh you know what are we gonna let everyone in the country or whatever and oh I, my god it was an illuminating experience because i i realized oh, wow. oh of course the people that own these small businesses are, of course, they're right-wing psychopaths. Wow. You have to be to kind of like own a small business like this in this country. Post right? that when I post this show. And those things, you know, that those those like material like uh, ideologies that are, that you know that are, are in the mm-hmm. minds of the owners of these places are reflected in kind of what's happening in the business in a uh, lot of ways. You know, even mm-hmm. even though like I mean, Lauren Michaels is a freaking you know conservative and he runs snl and they they do liberal comedy but it's still at the end of the day there's things that that show can and can't do mm-hmm. and this is i don't know it's to me it's bad to, to me this is the stuff that gets me so worked up that i'm like well i want to talk about this you know you mean what which stuff is it what about saturday night live is as is that like what do you what's your thoughts on that um, I think it sucks. I think it's lame. Okay. If you're if you're a comedian and you want to like work on Saturday Night Live, that, to me that's just like if you were a musician and you wanted to you know mm. go on like American Idol or something like that's for dorks, you know. But like, I, but it's weird because in comedy you don't really have that way of thinking. Like everyone is like, no, that's the goal. That's the ah. that's the high paying thing that I'm, mm. I'm here to do. And comedy as a as a like art form claims that everyone worships George Carlin and Lenny Bruce and they claim to be these subversive right. free thinkers. Right. But I think that stuff kind of died away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because of the uh we could we could go on about this the George Carlin special and I know like it probably really resonated like it probably just really got you in the gut, right? Yeah, I watched it the other night. It was great. So I good. I mean, god, he was the yeah, best, but it remind me. It was so kind of frustrating though because when you do a like a a documentary like that you know you show the person and then you have all these talking heads you pick like the best of the uh-huh. best comedians to try to explain him and the things that these people the titans of comedy you know you got stephen colbert and chris rock and all these people trying to explain carlin and they are fundamentally unable to like they sounded so stupid ah. trying to explain what was happening because literally nobody took that ball and ran with it. After, no one. After no one. Carlin, he was the only comic to subvert That's what in me. comedy. Mm-hmm. He was a counterculture mm-hmm. guy. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. I saw him when I was in high school. Really? Cool. Yeah, really old. It was great. Yeah, my <laughs> boyfriend in high school, his his father, his divorced father, <clears throat> took his girlfriend and um we it was a double date, me and my boyfriend, her. Uh 
Uh, anyway, so let's talk about let's talk about you know you let's talk about your let's talk about the girls. Girls, are you hetero? <laughs> are you are you firmly hetero? Yeah, I'm hetero. Okay, you're hetero. So you you're non monogamous. So tell us tell us about that. Like what? Tell me about that. Like what's the story? That sounds like so much fun. Um, no, it's not. There's, I mean, it's not not fun. Of course, well, it's can, fun. But... Can you define what that means to you? Yeah, being non-monogamous and how you present yourself when you're meeting women. <laughs> like, what's that like? Well, okay. So, I mean, it, one, I I came to New York right because I am a weirdo from Texas, and sure. when you're a weirdo and you're in a big conservative sure. place and you don't fit with it, you either frustratingly, you know deal with it or you go somewhere and you sort of you know try to find a life that fits you better right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. so that's why i mean if you go to an open mic right now you'll hear three or four jokes about the people in brooklyn being polyamorous or whatever Mm -hmm. and like uh you know everyone's annoyed with it and it's like well it's it's because those people came from other places to be here so like um it's, it's something that i figured out after um you know doing the serial monogamous thing and continuing to get into relationships and then having them continually fail mm. or not fail, but like not, you know, not continue. Basically I don't mm-hmm. consider a relationship that, that uh, doesn't continue to be a failure. It's just that, but I would start to see the same problems arising. And, um, you know, at the same time I was reading a lot of like theory, you know, a lot of um, like political economy and, and socialist theory and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And started like realizing the history of how uh, the thing that we're all sort of engaged in referred to as monogamy even came about and why it exists. And it's weird that it has this hegemonic like, um, you know, uh, place in, in society. So like when I started to really think about how um, you, it's kind of referred to in this line of thinking as like the escalator. Like you have these assumptions when you meet somebody, both of you defer to, this escalator style of thinking of like, okay, well, we did this and now it, it goes next to this next okay, level. It's three dates. We have sex. Then like three years we get married. Yeah. And six I, years we have kids, something like that. Right. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. And when I was a younger dude, you know, you could just avoid that stuff. You could hook up with somebody and then they start thinking escalator thoughts and then you go, Oh, I'm a dirt bag. I whoops. And you break up or whatever. Yeah. But that started to seem unethical. And especially as I got older and people started to really get closer to like, no, yeah. this, this is, yeah. you know, I, 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 I respect, I respect you putting, saying that I respect you saying that. I think a lot of girls don't like to admit that either, that like they're bummed. It's just well, people- everyone gets bummed out. The closer you get to having to make this decision, that is the default decision that society kind of puts on you. Right. Some people are doing it even though they don't want to. It's just like what is done. Right. Yeah. And so yeah. I became very into like talking about that and, you know, kind of actually asking the question, like, what what do you actually want to do if you weren't just doing what society, you know, said? Right. right. Um, and I, you know, I started to realize that, like, I don't really think I want to get married or have kids it's maybe see marriage at some point, but definitely I don't think I want to have kids. Like I don't, I don't, mm-hmm. I, I can tell, mm-hmm. I don't think everyone is supposed to have kids. I think mm-hmm. some people, you know, I know who have children and love them. Like that's, I really happy no, for them. No, but. not everybody should. No, not, uh, I, I'm big, I'm big on that big. There's a lot. I also like, don't get me started because the real problem to me is that mothers that regret having children do not 
voice that enough and we got to get there's a lot of ta- or or it's not black and white but mothers need to talk about how being a mother sucks when they feel like it and yeah. and, and there's not enough of that so um so you thought it through and um so you thought it through and you and you started to realize that uh, I'm trying to speed the, I'm condensing your I'm trying to uh, I want to get to the sure, good part sure. so I want to get to the good part where the girls like you know yell at you or something or that you're having an orgy I don't know what it is one or the other so um so you have decided for yourself like you you thought it through yourself which I respect you read you read a lot of stuff and you decided like monogamous relationships were not for you yeah. And so how did you move forward from that? Well, I mean, you know, and I also just want to reiterate something I'm talking about. I another the personal is political for me. So like I also kind of came to the realization that monogamy is a patriarchal practice. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah. Well, that that's true and we used to need men to to uh defend us against um you know other warring tribes and and wild animals and build things and they were a lot more we we needed to like and i i actually like that idea because then you get to hang out with a whole group of chicks and you only have one guy you don't have to like fuck well, him every single time he wants to not not to get too deep into the evolutionary uh stuff and the the primitive communism and stuff like that but like um the, a lot of people would argue that actually when you were just defending your tribe from animals and stuff like that, uh, monogamy was not like a practice. It wasn't right, and so it's not a natural it practice. Came from property, the advent of agriculture yeah. and property, and then you know you literally like at a wedding, the father gives away the daughter. Yeah. Like it's it's the woman is property. That's where it totally, came from, right? totally, it's, it's totally like children. You know, they help on the farm and shit like that. I get that. Um, so. So, so what happens now? Like when, how do you want, how do you, you're, you're like, how do you, do you, do you call it dating or like what, so what's, <laughs> what do you do now? Like what's your, what, what's your, how do, how do you get the checks? How, how do you deal with checks? <laughs> well, I mean, ethically is the, the word, like I try to, you know, to communicate. And the uh-huh. thing is, what's funny is that people that practice, you know, regular old monogamy, like 99.9% of sure. people on earth don't communicate things because everything's implied. And then you get into these huge arguments because you were thinking a thing that was implied and you didn't talk about it and the other person didn't. So like, honestly, it's very dorky. Like it's very, it's a lot of nerds that are into this type of thing. And it's, uh, it's, you know, it's like, it, it, it kind of sucks because in a lot of ways it takes the romance out of things because instead of ah. meeting someone like Kismet style at a bar or something like that, or at a bar, I guess that's not that romantic. Well, but, no, it is. It can be. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, oh, it can be. I believe that. <laughs> um, you know, you, it's more like you use a dating app and you, that way the person sees you and you go, Hey, this uh-huh. is what I'm doing. Like, this is who I am. This is how I'm oriented or whatever. And then if you want to talk from there, but I mean, like, Honestly, the the realm of monogamy is it's 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 hetero it's straight people's bullshit it's it's straight white you know all the hegemonic categories bullshit and if you feels weird to to go oh you know I'm gonna go tell people this is what I am doing before you you know talk to them date them like I think that people need to think about queer people more because it's like that's how queer people have always had to <laughs> operate because there's mm-hmm. you know there's mm-hmm. a lot of different stuff going on there and you can't be trans or you know gay or whatever and then just go to a bar and hope to meet somebody you kind of have to think about stuff actively rather than passively 
And, um, you know, and that's kind of that, that's what, like thinking about it that way is what kind of helped me get from thinking about this in theory to like actually taking the plunge and practicing it. So do you, do, do you, I mean, it's, it, so I'm hearing that it sounds like you mostly meet women online. Like, do you, like what happens if you meet a woman out in the world? I mean, has that happened? Must have happened. What do you do yeah, then? Of course. Yeah. A woman that you want to like, you know. I try to be upfront, you know, but the thing is like, you know, nobody's perfect, right? And like, this is, dating is always just kind of a mess, mm-hmm. you know, and like. Um, I don't know. I mean, I'm still like, I'm not like a robot about this. Like, I still, <laughs> I'm not implying, you know, and I am like an artist and in, uh, you know, I, I work in uh, bars and stuff like that. So like the, the people hook up, you know, it just happens or whatever. Yeah, of course. Um, but I try to, you know, have the conversation about who I am and what I want around the same time, you know, anyone else kind of would or right. could, you know, right. after, you know, right a few right. interactions or whatever before things get serious i have to stop and go right so you know this is kind of where i'm at and sometimes you know it's fine and sometimes it isn't but i usually find that if uh if, unless you stop things there you run the risk of someone even going you know because they're already like attached going right. oh that is fine but they're lying you know and i then, agree you know. i agree women need to i think that happens a lot to girls i'm vulnerable to that i mean not not well married now but i mean like when i was when i was your age um no i mean i would be like i'm i'm just gonna fuck this guy for the hell of it and then i think women biologically like you know are set up to get attached and i'm like i'm not even gonna give him my phone number and then like the next day i'd be like why didn't i give him my phone number that guy was so great you know i didn't even know his name yeah. so 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 i think women are vulnerable more vulnerable to that and they should admit it but um so do you have multiple dating like do you do you see multiple women do does any of this progress into where you're hanging out with them regularly yeah i mean i have like a couple of what you'd call relationships going but like i don't know i I talked to a friend of mine about about this recently and she was shocked she said oh my god you have like two girlfriends or whatever and i was like well i mean that sounds shocking if you're thinking you know boyfriend girlfriend like the the you know the amount of time that it takes to like be in a full-on thing with somebody but like i'm really kind of more into like what's referred to as solo poly which is where you are your own main thing (laughs) and like um i have uh you know because i'm i don't work a nine to five like the things that 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 work and fit in regular old patriarchal monogamous relationships are nine to five jobs and stuff like that but i am serious about continuing to do stand up and continuing to establish Mm -hmm. my own way of living and stuff like that and so you know i i have a partner i don't see for a month sometimes and it is totally fine like we're you know we specifically like to hang out and get certain things out of each other and then i you know neither of us is kind of um you know feeling like uh oh no that you know this is uh you know this is a problem if if uh yes yeah, no pro- yeah, it's good for, it works for everybody I, I i'm living the way that a lot of single guys already live except without the lying is what i'm trying to do you know what i mean <laughs> i actually do know what you mean i do exactly know what you mean because um i remember when i was your age no um there would be times where you know i would have to really twist in in do the whole pretzel thing to like 
be honest and fair and all that because you're you're sort of like in a phase where your life you're just you know it's hard to get everything you need from one person yeah well and what's frustrating is that the world is set up i mean the world the world plays out in a certain way where some people can get most of what they need out of another person and that's like enough to go all right this works and it sounds like it does work but i started to figure out at one point that i can't and that's not really fair to people who can't that everyone is trying to sort of like force upon you the system mm-hmm. of which you you know you can like and okay so how about this a lot of guys are possessive does and jealousy should be i guess everyone is jealous everyone gets possessive does 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 that factor in or you don't have any of that or um no i really i remember feeling that way when i was younger a lot and i remember Mm -hmm. kind of feeling like eventually honestly through like learning a lot of the the theory stuff i was talking about realizing wait that's actually like stupid like it's it's a it's politically wrong. It's like offensive to kind of think of women as property and like that. And I mean, your emotions but, still exist. Like, I, I mean, I, you know, every once in a while you still feel something like that, but like the, in non-monogamy, there's a lot of like arguing with the cop in your head and like trying to deprogram it and go, no, don't think that way because that isn't actually rational. And it is kind of, you know, weird and possessive. But I mean, also like the, the thing about me is that I, that's a type of guy that sucks and i'm the i'm the other type of guy that sucks which is the guy that is so avoidant just wants to go play video games and Mm. then the partner is like why don't you hang out with me you know so so it's really like it's really like um um you really you really you really like to have your time is it is that what it is really more than anything probably like in a certain way you like to have your you uh, having a partner is a lot of responsibility well i mean part of this also is like i started to realize something about myself which is that when you get into a like full-on monogamous situation and you like live with someone that works for a lot of people and it really stressed me out like i need some people refer to this as introversion I kind of think because uh, we talked, you know, last time about like my brother and I think my dad might be on the autism spectrum. I, from what I've read about autism, it kind of sounds like it's a genetic thing. So I wouldn't be surprised if there was like a drop of this in here. Mm-hmm. I have to be alone. Like I need to be alone from time to time to recharge, collect my thoughts mm-hmm. because it is so overwhelming to be around people all the time, right. especially someone that is like really, you know, in your space and in your face and needing yeah. stuff from you yeah. that like it's a is you know, this is I I I go to therapy. I think it's psychological terms. This is a need. You know what I mean? Like I need yeah. me time. Yeah frequently and so i started to figure out like oh i don't think i want to live with anyone because like just because there's this social pressure to do so and it's at the end of the escalator um i need to look i need to address the fact that my needs are in conflict with the end of the escalator and so i started to figure out yeah there's a way i function and this it isn't that you know Mm -hmm. i -hmm. and also just materially like the way I, the career I've built, like you, I have to be alone a lot of the time. I have sure. to travel alone to go to a place. I have to yeah. come home and, and go through a box of t-shirts and ship them out and stuff. I spend all day, you know, just doing this thing or whatever. Four podcast sessions for, <laughs> and the therapist every week. That's yeah. a lot. Right. That's the fifth podcast I do every week. <laughs> talk to my therapist on Zoom. No, that's a lot. That's a, you, you know, and um, yeah, 
Yeah. Um, but what about, um, you know, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say like loneliness because I don't get the feeling you're out, you're around people a lot. I don't know if loneliness, but I think there is um, a need that that is human to have like a connection with like somebody who's really going to be there for you. Yeah, no, totally. I mean, I've been in love, you know, and I know what it feels like. And I definitely like want that again, you know, mm-hmm. um, And but it's the problem is not everyone who is together is in love. Like mm. sometimes you're just with someone and you're pretending like that's what's happening, but it's not. And I cannot stomach something like that. I'm only going to do it if it's really authentically happening mm. and like, um, and it, it, you know, it sucks because like there's a definitely a, a fair critique of what I'm talking about, but um, I'm I guess my answer is just though uh, it wouldn't be happening if I was just going through the motions of like being with somebody. Right, right. So, but it doesn't sound like you've ruled it out completely either. Ruled out what? Like being in a in a relationship yeah i mean well i mean i mean i'm in relationships but like like a full like a monogamous so do all the so like let's say you have two or three chicks do they all know about each other or yeah no totally do they know do they literally know each other um some of them i mean it depends anything can well if you're you're asking me personally about my life um yeah the (laughs) the answer is yes and yes i think but like you know did this is you make your own rules when you do something like this mm-hmm. instead of deferring to rules. So you can't you could a person could be like, I don't want anyone I'm dating to fucking ask about anybody else or whatever. But right. But for you, you're you're like you're not more often than not. People that do this sort of thing are very like it's all very positive and enthusiastic. And like you literally might be talking to somebody and they'll go, you know, how was how was your date with the other so-and-so or whatever and then you tell them and they're like that's great i'm so happy for you like people use this term i love that for you a lot in like <laughs> queer spaces yeah, and stuff like that show isn't that the, what's her name has it isn't that i love that on you maybe yeah i don't know some cheesy i don't mean to i don't mean to get into cheesiness <laughs> so um oh so that sounds great so like if uh if i was in a situation like that and i was dating somebody then i could hang out with the other chick and we could talk about like the guy that we were dating i mean you could do whatever you want that would be so fun so the chick's dating you do you think they ever talk about what it's like um (laughs) do you ever think about that um i don't actually know that anyone i'm seeing right now actually like is on that level of there's aware of other mm-hmm. the other person. So have you known any of these women a long time, like more than a year? Um, let's see. Well, I mean, well, the, ha- how do you, have fo- you been involved in that, in this sort <laughs> of thing with them more than a year? No. So they're all pretty short term. Well, yeah, but I was in a monogamous relationship through 2020, and then last year was 2021, and I got back into going into living actively the way I need to live to be oh, happy and make so other people happy. So maybe you have, so maybe, so maybe you have some feelings about the monogamous. So you had a monogamous relationship it during ha- the pan. It, it accidentally happened. It just happened, and then you 
kind of like this shouldn't have happened or it happened kind of because of the pandemic yes of course like we were just seeing each other and then the pandemic happened and it was like oh shit we should move it like everything escalated really quickly did you move in together basically i still have my apartment but she she asked me to come over and then it was like lockdown you know so it was Mm. like well you can't go home and it started to to escalate really Mm. hard and then it turns out we didn't really match very well and that experience really like it re- it made me realize like I need to not do this because this was bad for me and the other person mm. and it hurt mm. feelings you know and mm. so that's why in 2021 like you know I, it, I, we all have kind of a weird amnesia about everything because oh pandemic, my god like, it, oh it, my god no and 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 everyone's affected and every every single person for better or for worse the relationship was majorly. If they were in a, or being single, people have got, people were single and now they're not because they, of the pandemic, they didn't want to be single anymore. I mean, it affected everybody that way in a major, major. It major, heightened everything. Heightened everything. You know, exactly. and it made you make decisions. But like, so from what I was saying though, is that what 2020, like a year ago is when like, if, if you know, you can remember because time is so weird right now. Mm-hmm. That's when like the vaccines came out and stuff. And mm-hmm. like you were kind of able to like start over mm-hmm. going outside and stuff. And so that's when I came, you know, I, I really like thought about my life and was like, I need to live in a way that does not hurt me or other mm-hmm. people because, mm-hmm. of, you know, this mm-hmm. thing that had happened before that uh you know it's just bad and i i just i don't want to do that again you know was that person in new york yeah so so it wasn't like you wound up like going to stay at their place and it was like you you know like you know a plane ride away or something no yeah the, the i mean but the pandemic was crazy like people were talking about moving out of new york and stuff like that and that oh, was I know. another thing where i was like i don't think i want to do this you know I, I love new york you know i love this neighborhood sure sure so you wound up sort of just by default winding was it default sort of it i mean well also circumstances were crazy so you wound up with in a relationship that you hadn't like intentionally gotten into is that Kind yeah. of what you're saying. Yeah, I think I, I, because I, I was li- doing like, uh, I had kind of a relationship before that that was very like open and, and non monogamous and stuff. And, uh, and after that ended, I think, you know, I, I kind of let myself revert back to like, oh, I'll just try it again. Just do the kismet thing, meet mm-hmm. someone and then get on the escalator and see what happens. And when it happened, it didn't work out again. And I remembered oh right this is why i stopped doing this to begin Mm. with and uh yeah so this is like uh, this is i don't know like i it's weird because you get like especially if you're a guy everyone when you tell them that you live like this people think oh you're just trying to have a lot of sex like you're just like a horn dog or whatever and i'm like doing this because i'm trying to stop pain you know no i don't i don't no because i think like you can have like you said you know you work in a you can have you work in a bar you can having sex and having a like sex is pretty available right? yeah <laughs> right totally. i think so yeah i'm a comedian i perform in bars all the time yeah i think sex is pretty available <laughs> that's not and 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 then you can have like you can have a hookup probably and then that's no big deal right yeah so so this is also a way for you to be able to have that. Yeah, but I mean I guess as I'm getting older like it's it's always that's always fun but like I I I just actively think about all this stuff so much so I still kind of am like 
still had tripped. Do you like? I need the person to be like, "This is a hookup" or whatever, and I'll just worry too much. Like, oh, is this mm. going to turn into a thing or whatever? Yeah, it's still a head trip. So, did let me ask you: Did that? Did did like the last relationship that ended? Did you? Was that very mutual or was it one sided? Um, uh, that's an interesting right. question. I mean, it was. She broke up with me, but she broke up with me because she could tell that I was not happy. So I guess that's kind of mutual. You kind of like brought brought on the breakup, but it was her who actually did it. Yeah, I mean, were you surprised by it? No, because we'd been arguing and fighting for mm-hmm. so long. Were you unhappy about it? I mean, there is a certain thing of like just having somebody break up with you, even if you, even if it's what you wanted. Yeah, no, it's it sucks. Was it up? Even if it needs to happen, it's still like you, your heart still gets broken. It still sucks, you know. Yes, yes, I, I've been there a lot. Strange feeling to have because you're like your your body is kind of telling you don't do this, and your brain is like, no, you have to. It's, it's, it's it is. Like it your, is. It is. It is a mind fuck. It is. A, it is a mind fuck. One of the things about being married in a long term relationship is that um, I appreciate that I don't have that head trip anymore. Just the whole general, is he going to call me? Am I going to see him? You know, like none of that. None of that is in my life, which is. Yeah, it sounds. I mean, that's huge relief. That's the part of that that sounds really nice. Unburdening, unburdening. But relationships are really, really hard. And I can and, you know, I can I totally I totally get what you're saying. Well, I'm also not being dogmatic about this. This is another misconception that people have about this sort of thing is that you're like, I'm here telling you, you should live like this. No, you should live the way you need to live and I should live the way I need to live and we should all respect that about okay. each other you know so um what about that that person that you had that like we were starting i was starting to ask you about like having somebody in your life that you count on like you when we have like that one person that we all count on and you you know that's usually in an intimate relationship so how do you feel about that do you have that do you miss that do you want that is um it- yeah well, that's an interesting question i mean when i was in like I've been in a relationship before that was like we were open, but it was we were like what's referred to as your primary partner. Mm-hmm. So like we were like, you know, mm-hmm. living together and stuff like that. And like that is a thing about that that I I miss because like you uh, it's just nice to have someone to bounce your thoughts off of all day as opposed to like. Um, you know, because I'm a creative type and I make stuff, I mean, I'm constantly talking to myself and then talking to the internet and then talking to podcasts and stuff like that, but it doesn't, it's, it's a methadone. It doesn't quite fill that need. And like, mm-hmm. you know, I, I miss that, but the problem is like just getting that, just, just, just pursuing someone to get that, but then inviting all these other conflicts mm-hmm. would be a huge problem that would outweigh getting that on some level. So like, I- yeah, yeah. I think um, also I wonder if some of this is, um, I mean, everything you're saying to me makes perfect sense and is also very ethical and, and well thought out. I mean, I respect everything. I think he's a good example of, good example of a dude, ladies. Good example. Um, takes responsibility. Um, but uh, the thing is, is that... Um, I wonder also if some of this is a a life stage in that, like the way your life seems right now. I mean, it just seems like you're incredibly busy. Things are going really well as 
And, you know, you should be making your career your priority because it's going well and now's the time and you're getting a lot out of it and putting a lot into it. So I just don't see how um, you could have, I mean, you could have a, you could have somebody who was going to like send out the t-shirts for you. <laughs> a chick that would be into doing that, but you don't want that. Well, that's, yeah, I mean, that that's, That'd I don't want to exploit someone for labor. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I would pay someone to do that if I was making enough money to like pay someone to do that. Um, but I'm not just going to like ask my girlfriend to like send out. No, no, but I mean, I'm talking, I'm just joking really, but I'm saying like some, there are women who would be like, I, I have my boyfriend's a comedian. I, I help him. I send out his shirts. I go and make sure he has like his drink before it's a show. He's so cool. <laughs> there are, there are chicks like that. You know that, right? Am I right about yeah, that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, There's like yeah. the photographer girlfriend is a thing. Like it's all, yeah. it's all fine. I don't yeah, know. If you that's... don't want that or you're not going to have that. I don't, but, I don't know if that's in the cards for me. It might be. I mean, it's kind of cool. I have some friends who are, you know, that's yeah, the, you, kind I, of a duo and stuff like that. And I think it's cool, but it's, you know, it's whatever works for you. And I don't know if that works for me. Yeah. Or that's, that hasn't, that hasn't come across your, your plate. Let's I'm a, put it that way. I'm a big control freak when it comes to like my business and my art and stuff like that. So like, I don't, I think I kind of need someone who actually just respects that I like go do the thing by myself and right have you dated other comedians yeah and it's just like it's it's like the blind leading the blind or that's not the term but it's like inmates running the asylum we're all crazy i don't know what the metaphor i'm going for here is but it's it's, it sucks because it's a conundrum everyone in comedy because it's such a micro community and like everyone knows each other you know a lot of people date each other sure but and the thing that you get out of that is that you know finally someone understands what you're talking about all the time uh, whereas if you were dating somebody that isn't involved, they're like, "What's a guest spot? What's a trip oh, ticket?" Oh yeah, you know, or the, even the, just the lifestyle. Yeah, so they just, really. That's what I'm saying. I think it's a really fucked up lifestyle to have a relation, a difficult, challenging one. And I think when you get, you know, the, uh, you know, the, uh, I don't know, the TV show or something else where you have a more like, you know. You might have part of part of what what you're saying makes so much sense, and part of that is your lifestyle. Is your lifestyle as you get older going to become more? I mean, I'm I'm sure it will be in comedy, but will a comedy career be more predictable or more? You know, or will other people be organizing it for you? Who knows? But you know what I'm saying. Like right now, what you're saying makes perfect sense. Yeah. I mean, the other thing about dating comedians is this huge conflict of interest. Like, you, um, you're you both in the same social scene, so everyone knows your uh, business. Um, I'm, uh, uh, you, you, mm-hmm. People write fucking material about their partners. It's really, yeah. I find that really rude and invasive and insensitive, you know? Happens all the time. It's happening to me right now. My ex is going <laughs> talking about oh, that's me. That's hilarious. It's really annoying. And uh, then when things, we're going to have to stop because we have thirty seconds. But um, anyway, thanks to everybody for listening. Go to radiofreebrooklyn.org. Jake, uh, uh, say your uh, your promo stuff. Right. Yeah. Now. So I have two podcasts. They're called Pod Damn America and Why You Mad. They're both uh, similar. Um, I, my handle on everything is at Feral Jokes. F E R A L J O K E S feral like an animal jokes like jokes i'm performing tomorrow night at secret loft in manhattan as part of paid protests a dsa fundraiser that me and my podcast buddies put on